This is a CNIB Foundation podcast. You're listening to Blind Wide Open with host Christine Malik. If you asked me the most exciting thing to happen in entertainment for blind people in the past 10 years, I'd say, hands down, the increased availability of audio description. In general, this refers to an extra audio track added to movies or TV programs in which a professional describer gives information about what's going on slipped tidily between the dialogue. The result is a seamless entertainment experience for blind people that makes it a lot easier to make small talk at the bar or around the water cooler about popular entertainment. The latest trend in this field is live audio description. This refers to real-time play-by-play at sporting events, parades and festivals, or recorded descriptions of art or museum installations. Recently, I had the chance to sit down with professional audio describer J.J. Hunt, for a conversation I could have kept going all day. So what is the career path that uh, brings someone to become an audio describer? So there are a, a, a number of different ways people get into this line of work. Some people get into it through the accessibility side. They are uh, passionate about accessibility issues. Maybe they've got uh, something in their personal life that has drawn them to it. So they get into the description through accessibility. For some people, if it's uh, in uh, someone who, who works in museum description or image description, often they get into it through the museum side. Maybe they're curators or they work in the art world and their institution needs to um, uh, bring art to a different group of people and that's how they get into the description side. For me, I got into it through uh, voice and writing. So I was... Uh, finished theater school looking into becoming uh, a voice performer. I wanted uh, to look at different ways to, uh, to practice, get in front of a microphone, and came across, um, actually then it was the National Broadcast Reading Service. Um, they had volunteer positions where you could go and read magazine and newspaper articles. And, uh, and I thought that was a great, great experience and kind of through there, uh, through, through that experience, I was led to the writing side. And I happen to be uh, uh, reasonably well-versed in how to break down a story, how to consider the different elements of a story through my theater training. And so I got into the description through the voice and the writing side of things. What kinds of um, work is the most challenging as a describer? Every different piece it takes a pretty boring piece of entertainment or, or, or visual product for it to not have a challenge. Even a bad movie, the bad storytelling will be the challenge for the description. If you've got an image like a, a, a piece of abstract art, trying to figure out a story to tell within that piece of abstract art can be a challenge. Um, if describing the Pride Parade, there's so many different visual elements. There's so many different things that are going on. Trying to, again, bring it all into a succinct description as the parade is literally passing before you, that can be a challenge. So I, I, every, every, everything I work on has some sort of challenge, and I, I feel like one of my jobs is to figure out what the challenge is for this particular piece and 
and to meet that challenge. You mentioned abstract art. How do you balance the unstoriness of it? So it's yeah. so subjective to look at an abstract art piece and then make sense out of it yourself. And that seems like a very individual act. And so yeah. as a describer who's trying for a neutrality, how, how do you work with that? It's so difficult. You're absolutely right. What you can't do is look at it and say, I get it. I understand what this piece is, and I'm now going to tell you what this piece is. That's not the point. The, uh, if I'm doing my job well, I am providing the end user with enough information that they can paint their own mental picture. So I do have to remain neutral. So I'm trying to, I mean, sometimes it's not subtle, and I, ha I feel that I'm, al I'm allowed a little bit of liberty to, to point in a fairly specific direction. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's, you know, it's lines, it's boxes, it's, it's truly abstract. I, I, what I try and do in those cases is turn on my live describer and just look at it quickly and get the description out there. What do I see? Go back to the very basics. What do I see? And then I throw that out there and then start editing. Because if I, if I, if I start from just the very basics, look at it, say what I see, and then figure out what's going to work to make it an, uh, a flowing paragraph or a flowing piece of writing, then I'm a little bit more honest, I'm a little bit more open, and I leave the interpreting up to the end listener. Have you ever described art and been at the installation where the art is being displayed or the museum piece and observed other people looking at it? Because I wonder about if yeah. that's relevant in the description to see how others react to it. Absolutely. I haven't had, when I've described art in the past, it's mostly been um, for institutions that give me images. They, they send me images and I describe them on my own without an audience in front of me. But when I have been uh, doing live tours, for example, I've, I've given a couple of live walks uh, around the city. And so you'll come to a building, which itself is a, a kind of a piece of art, or uh, um, sometimes there is you know, actual art painted on the walls, or frankly, every mailbox is itself a, a, a piece of design art. And so you, I do feed off of the people that I'm describing for and who are who are listening to the description and watching me and sometimes I think oh I've nailed it I've back at my house doing my research I've got a, a photograph of something that I've taken on a, a, a you know on a prep tour and, I, and I, I write a description I think oh I've nailed it oh this is going to be great and then I get out there and I throw it out to the group of people and nothing it's nothing but crickets and I'm like okay so <laughs> And now I got to come at it a different way. Just because I, I, I missed on my first swing doesn't mean it's not still worthy of description. So I usually try and go back to it. And I learn and I figure it out over the course of a single tour and then over the course of many tours, what works, what doesn't, what resonates, what doesn't, what I think the end client wants to hear about and then what they clearly tell me they want to hear about. That's one of the reasons I love live description and doing these tours is because I do get that direct feedback. When you describe for film and television, you write it, you submit it, it goes to air, next project, and you don't have as much opportunity to interact and to get that feedback. Has there been a learning curve for you in 
the sense I'm thinking of a a bit of description I read that you had written for an art piece and it referred to say aviator sunglasses and, and as a blind person I yeah. thought I don't actually know what that means and so have, is there a learning curve for you in knowing what sorts of things sighted people take for granted as everyone iconic everyone knows what that looks like yeah blind people don't absolutely that when you're describing something like that that's a great example the aviator sunglasses I remember writing that description and thinking okay so I have a limited number of words I have a, I have a limited amount of time I need to throw a f sometimes you're in a position where a, an object has a name those sunglasses do have a name that is a style you hope that a certain percentage of your audience is gonna know what that is and then sometimes there's an opportunity to learn to, 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 to be an educator a little bit so if I have the opportunity I'll, I will say and I don't always get the chance but I'll say a pair of aviator sunglasses round at the top swooping down at the bottom so you can build in a description of the named item sometimes you can sometimes you can't sometimes I know I should do it and sometimes I probably miss and I sometimes don't realize I remember I was working on a piece of uh, I was working on a description of a photograph that had great depth so there were things in the in, in, in the distance there were things in the in the middle ground things in the foreground and I was working with someone it was a tactile piece it had been uh, recreated in such a way that uh, that the end user could could be touching it and feeling it uh, this gentleman didn't get he couldn't figure out why the house was tiny and the flower was huge and I said well the house is far away and the flower is close up and this was a concept that he hadn't encountered before this was a new thing to him and that wow that was a like fireworks went off in my head like that is a whole new thing I have to understand I have to b understand that better how perspective really works how to describe perspective in a in a succinct way that is that has educational value but is not condescending it's those are real challenges Phew. yeah what's your dream job as a describer i i, I really like i've got an, uh, a number of different clients in film and television museums uh, and people a few people who know me for live events i like that they give me whatever they've got to describe. I like the randomness of that. So at this point, I don't have too many like, oh, I wish I could work on that movie or I'd love to work on that TV show. Occasionally I get one. Someone gives me Fargo and I'm like, oh, wonderful Fargo. Or someone gave me West Side Story and I thought, I never would have thought that I wanted to describe this, but now I'm so happy to get to work on this, you know, iconic film. Um, for me, the dream projects are um, kind of bigger big picture projects I would love I, I sometimes get frustrated I'll be having a conversation with someone and they'll mention a movie or a TV show and they go oh, I wish I, I you know I wish that was described I, I wish I, I wish I could you know get get a hold of that and I think well I know that's available I described it and they say well how do I get it and I'm like ah uh, I have no idea it, I wrote it, I recorded it, it's out there, but I recorded it for a, a, a television company, they were going to put it to air, or I recorded it for the film producers for a live event, and I don't know if they put it on their DVD, and I know it's now on Netflix, but I'm not sure Netflix bought the description when they bought the... 
And I would love to be part of a building of a library that, ha that housed all of the description, that all different describers in different mediums, in different countries, all of these pieces of description, if they could be brought together, it would be a massive amount. Instead of having to pick away and track things down, I would love to work on a project like that. I'd also love to do more live description. What I'd really like is to, is to move into uh, travel description. This is an idea I've been thinking about for a while. So hooking up with a travel agency that specifically deals with, uh, with tr uh, accessible travel and hook up with them, hook up with local tour guides, do my research in advance and travel with a group to Morocco. And let's go into let's go into Fez and let's go through the Medina. Let's go through the old city and we'll describe this as we go and describe what we're seeing. Who's standing around? What does that architectural style mean visually? What are the elements of it that are building that uh, architectural style? Oh, sign me up. Wouldn't that be fantastic? <laughs> yes. I would love to do that. How can blind and visually impaired people advocate for more description of all kinds? Whatever, wherever it is you're going, whatever it is you want to do, call in advance and ask whoever you can get on the phone and try and you know work your way up through the call center system to a manager or a whatever, but just ask. Oh, hello, CN Tower? Just wondering, do you have audio description available for tours? And, oh, okay. Oh, hi, is this the... Uh, um, the busker festival just wondering do you offer audio description tours oh hello restaurant that is in a beautiful space i was wondering do you have any uh, audio description available of your the art that's on your wall anything and everything if you call in advance if you uh, send an inquiry on twitter twitter is good because it's public <laughs> i really like uh, advocating on twitter because everyone gets to see what's happening and inquire constantly, inquire of anyone and everyone who has any kind of institution or organization that has a visual element and, and see and, and see what they have to say. And the more people that contact them, the more they start to realize that this is something that actually exists and that's something that, something that people care about. And the other side of that, I would say, is especially with institutions, organizations, individuals that are trying new things. If you hear about it, go. You gotta go. You bums in seats, as they say in theater, you gotta get bums in seats. And it's, it's unfortunate that it puts the onus on, on the wrong part of the equation. But if someone has, if someone's created this description, odds are there's someone in the institution that stuck their neck out. And odds are there's someone else in the institution they probably thought it was a lousy idea. And if this description gets created, some money gets put into it, it gets built and put out there and no one shows up, then the wrong guy looks like the smart one. So if, if you hear about it, go. You've been listening to Blind Wide Open with host Christine Malik. This was a CNIB Foundation podcast.